Well, I'm glad you're all back. Seems you haven't forgotten about us. Well, we haven't forgotten about you either. And we'd like to apologize right now for having neglected you this all this time. But, um, well, we're pretty much ready to be back. I'm thinking we're back. There'll be a couple of uh, little changes to the uh, format of the flicks and the six that you all love and crave. And don't worry, those of you that have reached out to us asking where it's come, where it's been, we have not forgotten you, and we're here to, to take care of all of your needs. So at this point, I guess there's really only one thing to say. One, two, three! Hello, and welcome to Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanza, with me forever and always. The man, the myth, if he were a wrestler, his name would be Vigorous Fermentation. Alessandro Bayolsi, say hello, Al. Hello, Al. <laughs> on this week's show, we're going to check out on the anticipation, touch base on the Walking Dead lawsuit. I'm going to let you guys know about my first experience with MoviePass, and we're going to get into Kingsman, the Golden Circle. But first, Al, what are we drinking? We are drinking Graysail Brewing of Rhode Island's Flying Jenny, extra pale ale. I'm gonna, so those, I'm, I'm gonna pour the rest of mine right now. Since uh, you go ahead and do that. For those of you who've been with us, <laughs> for those of you who've been with us for a while, you may remember that we've done one other Graysale Brewing beer a while back on the Why Him episode. Um, uh, yes, yes. I think that was the flagship ale or the flagship pale ale, something like that. So uh, I don't have the box for this one, unfortunately, but I do have this can, which. I kind of like this. It's kind of very Rhode Island, very New England, the uh, design on this can. Yeah, I dig it. Uh, Back to can says, art. Gotta love can art. I know. You always got to touch on it when there's uh, something worth touching on. Uh, the, uh, when I first saw it, I thought it was a uh, a lighthouse from a distance, but then I got up close and to see that it's a little little bitty sailboat. Very clearly a sailboat. <laughs> um, <laughs> simple but uh, elegant. Like mm. the color scheme. So on the can we have... Raise high the flying Jenny. Our extra pale ale is brewed with a generous amount of Columbus, Tomahawk, and Zeus hops for their complex citrus and spicy flavors and aromas. And you know how I like my citrus. I, I do know. For a final touch, we dry hop with yeah, salt Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do this now. This is new. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, I need, I need a hype man for my beer reading. Uh, we dry hop with select cascade and leave unfiltered to fully unfurl the taste. Hope you enjoy our EPA. That's an extra parallel EPA. Nice. Cheers, Jen and Allen from Graysale Brewing. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, we're so back. Tasty. We're so back. <laughs> yeah, it's it is tasty. I like this, this one. This is a good one to come back on. I I, I appreciate this. Are, um, are you? Did you clink the bottle? Did you? Did yours come out of a bottle? No, I have an empty bottle Look sitting here. You. So You're just ready to roll. I know. I was I was so ready. I've been ready for weeks. Um. So yeah, I saw this <laughs> bottle sitting here. I said, "Oh, this is gonna be my clinking sound." <laughs> Vigorous fermentation. Our sound guy. <laughs> <laughs> now this is a. It's interesting. This is unfiltered, like they said, but it's still, it's not too hazy, but you can see all the little particulates floating in there individually. Yeah. It's kind of cool. The it's beer a very bits. pale color. <laughs> what? The beer bits. The beer bits, yeah. 
made with real bits of panther. I mean, okay. <laughs> I like it. Um, it's, it's um not overly hoppy, but yeah. it let lets you know it's there. Is it? Am got, I right in saying it's a little bit on the bitter side? Yeah, I mean, okay. well, it's, it's it's hopped. It's a pale ale. It should be a little on the bitter side. Yeah. Um, the color and the taste is very of like the malt is very restrained. It's very clean. Um, it's almost got a little juicy component to it. Yeah, I get that. I guess that kind of comes in along with the citrus part, yeah. but the citrus isn't overwhelming, which is nice. It's almost got that juicy quality. Yeah, it's got it. the other aspects of the citrusy <laughs> of the citrusy beers. Yeah. Without being too too much like that. That yeah, I like it a lot. Um, I would <laughs> ten out of ten would drink again. <laughs> oh, definitely not. This is solid. Actually, I think I had never heard of this beer before. Uh, we got this from uh, Dominic when he went up to uh, to Rhode Island to visit friend of his and um this is the first time having this one uh and i never heard of this brewery before but i think i saw it over at beer world near me um in the time since it's been sitting in the house for a while now Mm -hmm. so i might pick this up again if i see it over there i gotta say the water art (laughs) on the can is what's mesmerizing me right now yeah they did a great job of uh picking up the water physics the uh (laughs) Ebbs and flows and the peaks and valleys of like the open ocean. Well, oh, how about this? What about the uh, the reflection of the fake sun that's behind it that goes down through it near the boat? Yeah, it's got a very uh, well rising sun type of effect, except in yellow. This is Empire of the Setting Sun in this case. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Thanks for bringing this one on. Yeah, this so is, uh, we had a little reserve of beer that Al provided for me, but uh. This is the last it. one. <laughs> you did not secure that reserve before you had everyone over at the house for the rehearsal dinner. I didn't. It wasn't and even it, then. I think it got. I think it was drank the next day. No. Well, it was over those two days. Yeah. Um, because Newburgh Brewing, which is near and dear to our hearts, was kind enough to hook me up oh. with a selection of beers for Anthony's rehearsal. So good. That friggin' purple beer. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> well, so good. We will do a couple of those on future episodes if you like. Yes. Um, they just came and released Cafe Sour, which is their like yes. premier beer. Uh, so I'm going to be picking some of that Bring up it off. So we're definitely going to be doing that in a future episode. Absolutely. Actually, stay, stay tuned for those Newberg beers. A little tease here. We're trying to tease more of what's coming up in the future in these episodes mm. now. This, uh, you know, as you, as you heard, he gave us a little rundown of what we're expecting in this episode. Um, we're going to try and map out our recordings a little bit better for you guys so you know what to look forward to. But we're going to have a very Newberg episode in the hopefully near future. Small changes, guys. Small changes to make the show more consistent. There's a calendar invite now. Yes. <laughs> we have, a, way, we have a set really time. Those 18 emails that you sent me with the calendar invites. Yeah, it does that. By the way, you broke my email account. That email is not working now. Awesome. awesome. Now you can get like, yourself a Gmail like an adult. Those 77... <laughs> Invites are the last emails I've gotten, and Yahoo is not helping me fix the account because I, I don't know. I, I can't talk to a Yahoo. I think your problem is that you were still using a Yahoo email account. Challenge. It's not. <laughs> that's it. No, nothing else. Just challenge. Just gonna throw the challenge flag. <laughs> Love it. All, All right. right. Well, now that we got the beer out of the way, um, let's get to some news items. Okay. Um, first and foremost, uh, something big happened, 
recently. Uh, one of the reasons that we've been on hiatus. Uh, you got married. It happened. It happened. It's Fine. real. This. That's my ring. <laughs> <laughs> I wear jewelry now. <laughs> so uh, the wedding was pretty cool. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I had a blast. How was the honeymoon? I had some pretty sick groomsmen. They did a great job. The honeymoon was fantastic. Nice. Yeah, the trip was really great. Um, did a lot of did a lot of stuff. We we sailed around Antigua on a on a catamaran. Nice. I went snorkeling nice. for the first time. Okay. That was fun. A lot of a lot of fish. It was really what? funny. We were sitting we we're standing on on it, and uh, Kim's putting her snorkel on. I'm putting mine on, and she's like, "I don't think I want to do this." <laughs> and I was like, "That's fine." I was like, "You don't." Have, I was like, "You know, don't 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 worry about it." Or like, "I'll go in, and then I'll let you know." How it is. And as soon as I jumped in the water, I was like, yeah, she wouldn't have liked this. Because <laughs> they're like, they're right there with you. <laughs> and I had never snorkeled before, so I didn't know what to expect. It can be a little intimidating. I've gone a couple yeah. times. I had a good time the first time I went. The second time I went, I don't know if I had like a faulty one or whatever, but I was really struggling to get oxygen into my lungs with it. So I kind of hmm. bailed on it pretty quick. Fair, fair. Seems like a good reason to bail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not being was, able to breathe. Uh, yeah. I felt like I was slowly dying. Uh, <laughs> we uh, did a little did a little kayaking. Nice. Got like kayaked away to a private beach and then almost flipped it, which would have would have been great. <laughs> kind of wish we actually flipped it, but we didn't. <laughs> uh, it was like you guys each had your own, or it was like two and one? No, no, we did a two person one. Cool. We had to sync up your your paddles, otherwise ah. otherwise you you just you're not getting anywhere. <laughs> you should have done that before. You should have done that before the wedding. That sounds like one of those compatibility tests. Right. <laughs> no, we did pretty good. I was I was pretty proud of us. And, uh, Pivot. Pivot. <laughs> took him on a jet ski for the first time. Nice, nice. Yeah, that did was you, a lot uh, of fun. Did you? Uh, well, did you make her? Did you throw her off of the thing? Did you? No, did you? no. Uh, she was terrified that she was going to get thrown off of the thing, but no, nice. I did not. Um, what would happen was I would go. I would go slow. Would ease into it. And I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go fast now. And I would just full throttle. And I would just, <laughs> would just fly down the water. And you know how you, know, you, hit, the, you hit the waves and you, you bounce? So the yeah. entire island is hearing. <laughs> as we, as we, and then it would stop because you'd be like, stop, 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 stop. And then I'd do it again. <laughs> and then we brought the thing back. She was like, we, we were far away from where we rented it at that point. When we brought it back, she was like, did you? hear me and he was like i was wondering what was going on <laughs> but no it was it was a blast we had a lot of fun sounds like you might have had a little trouble on the way home there was trouble on the way home um i don't want to shame jet blue right now <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah there was we had we had some issues but we're here now it was the first test of our marriage no i'm kidding uh <laughs> no we were, we're we're home though um, I had to make some had to make there. some quick decisions. Uh, if we so here's the deal: we missed our flight. Uh, we were late for it. Nice. Um, but not not crazy late. Like I'll give you the rundown. So we got there an hour before our flight left. I realize it's an international flight. You should be there earlier. Yeah. This was based on the suggestion from the hotel. Okay. Whatever. We're there an hour beforehand. Hour before at this airport is plenty of time, considering it's a really small airport. Mm. There's like five gates. It's not oh, even not five terminals, like five gates. Yeah, that's like right. um, that's like my airport over here. Yeah, so you know we get there. Um, we you know we know we know we have like a little bit over an hour at this point. 
but we're running because you know we're we're trying to make it on time. <laughs> so you know we get in there, uh, finally find the sign that says where the JetBlue counter is. We run to the JetBlue counter. No JetBlue employees. Nice. Zero. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> What's next? So then running around asking other people in that work at the airport for different airlines. Hey, like, uh, do you know where the JetBlue people are? Are they coming back? Do you have any information for me? Then I wrote the actual, um, like, the people that work at the actual airport, not for the airlines. And I was like, hey, can you let me know where a JetBlue person is or can I talk to one? Like, can you radio someone for me? Because our flight leaves in an hour. It's still an hour away, Al. Our <laughs> flight leaves in an hour and I can't find anyone, <laughs> and I also can't get through security. And I know what you're thinking. Anthony, you work on computers. Why don't you have the app? I do have the app, Al. And the problem was the app kept crashing. So I couldn't actually check us in earlier that day, and now I'm trying again to check us in, and it's still crashing. So I can't, I can't get us a boarding pass is my problem here. Yeah. Okay? And there's nowhere to – and like if worst well, case scenario, I honestly – we have one bag to check, and honestly, I would have just left it. <laughs> like that was—I just wanted to get us home because here's the problem: we were coming home on a Sunday. The next flight was Tuesday, <laughs> so uh, that wasn't going to work for me. <laughs> so, how does, how does an airline have zero employees? See, this is this is what I'm getting at. Exactly. And then, so then we this guy, the guy at the airport, this real, real dick. <laughs> he was just like, "Well, you're late." I was like, "Sir, stop telling me that I'm late. I get it. <laughs> I, under, I understand. You got me." <laughs> but <laughs> there's an hour before this plane takes off, and there is nobody <laughs> from JetBlue for me to talk to, or even like schedule the next flight or help me get on a different flight for the different airline. Like just any information that could that could be helpful. No one's helping me. He wants us to sit and wait until the plane leaves. And then they'll come back. That's what he tells me. What? And I'm, I'm thinking, so I, I calm down for a second, right? Step away. I'm like, no, they're not going to come back. There's no other flights today. Yeah, no, definitely not. They're leaving. They're probably going on that plane. <laughs> <laughs> no one's closing it from the outside. They're just going inside and they're just locking it up and they're leaving us all behind. Um, so I'm like, okay, we got to get home. So I go to America and luckily there was another plane from American that had a layover in Miami that was going to Philadelphia, and I figured close enough. <laughs> so <laughs> I, out of pocket, paid for tickets on that plane. Got, which that plane's leaving in 30 minutes <laughs> now yes. at this point. Um, got well, tickets. There. Right. right. This is my point, Al. <laughs> so, <laughs> so at this point, that plane's leaving in about 30 minutes or so. So we get our tickets. We. Even though they give us a hard time, they're like, "Yeah, but it's." I was like, "Okay, how about this? You let me buy the tickets, and we just go for it anyway, and see what happens." Yeah. Right. Get the tickets. Get through security. Get through. No, there was no immigration at that point. We just have to have our passport checked. Get through security. Get to the air that the gate where that one is. It hasn't even began to start boarding. But you know, a plane is still boarding. Jetplane. The JetBlue plane out. <laughs> it's still boarding, <laughs> so we couldn't get on it. They just didn't care. I'm like, I. So anyway, we got we got home by way of Miami and <laughs> and Philadelphia, and then my wonderful father picked us up in Philadelphia. 
because he's a great man. He is. Um, on top of this, once we get to Miami, the, the flight, the hop was delayed two hours. <laughs> of course it was. So, you know. But, you know, I got there before Tuesday, which was my goal. <laughs> so, we got home, but it was terrible. And uh, JetBlue fully refunded our tickets for that flight. But I'm like, but it's cost me double to get us home. <laughs> still, could have cost triple. Eh, still. Still not not thrilled about it. No, nor should um, you But, you know, happy that we're home. I didn't want to spend another... After that, I was like, I don't want to be here for another two days. <laughs> These people can go no, to hell. you're not going to be at the resort either. You're going right? to be at like the airport hotel, which, mm-hmm. fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. But we're back. And okay. we're back. And what? And we're back. You and me. Oh, yeah. We are back. <laughs> Most importantly, we are back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, um, <laughs> equally importantly. There you go. I'll take that. But anyway, well, yeah. Other, other than that, though, true. the trip was fantastic. The wedding was a great time. It was. And uh, we actually we haven't done an episode much. since the bachelor party either, have we? What's up? We haven't done an episode since the bachelor party. We have not. So we haven't told the listeners about our poker game wearing Nazi helmets. <laughs> uh, no, we have not talked about that. Why don't you give a little recap about? What we found at the place that we stayed. Before we get to that, because it's funny, I just recounted that story this weekend um, for someone, for uh, for Alex's wife, Devin, who hadn't heard the story somehow. Um, but before that, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the wedding and okay. something specific to the wedding, something specifically involving your father, who you just mentioned, at the wedding. Oh, boy. Something involving... A song that I heard a couple hours ago when I was at the gym. So, the week after... Ah. (laughs) (laughs) I know what it is! (laughs) Yeah, I think you know what it is. Um, So, uh, a few days after the wedding, uh, I was uh, lifting at the gym with a buddy of mine, Caleb, who uh, you were familiar with. Yep. And um, I gave him a little uh, story about your favorite song. Specifically, your favorite song to dance to. Oh, yeah. And I asked him if he had heard of that just horrific, god-awful song that you love to dance to. Great song, Al. (laughs) Uh, That song would be uh, Shake It by Metro Station. Mm -hmm. Uh, For those of you who are familiar with the song, I apologize. (laughs) Because you're going to listen to it now. (laughs) For those of you who are not familiar with the song, I apologize doubly, because I'm going to ask you now to pause this. Go look at that song. (laughs) Shake it. By Metro Station. (laughs) Okay, now that you're back with us, (laughs) I apologize. That's great. But you needed to get that song in your mind so you can understand how ridiculous it is. Uh, And so Anthony and one of his dear friends, who was also in the the party, uh, Jay, um, me, him, and Anthony often dance to the song when it's unfortunately... Put it on. We have it's a very particular dance. Does not take very much to it's learn. Two moves. It's fun for all. And so we decided to surprise Anthony by having the DJ play that song at his wedding. The reason I brought it up is because I just happened to hear it at the gym tonight, which I don't know why. But the question is, Al, did you shake it? No. <laughs> uh, I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> it would have been a very weird dance to do solo at the gym. <laughs> 
Or it would have cleared out some space for you to get on whatever machines and things you wanted to do. <laughs> well, I guess I was like stretching at the end of my workout, so I was trying to get out of there anyway. <laughs> hey, I mean, it's a great way to stretch. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I was a little disappointed that it didn't come as a surprise to you because you came up and asked me, where is Shake It? Where is Shake It? And I was like, fuck, he's going to play it for us in like 10 minutes, dude. <laughs> But most importantly, we got you to the dance floor while they're about to play this song, and me and Jay and you were there. No one else is on the dance floor. No. We did warn Dominic, my brother, that we would be doing this so he could join with us. So the three of us started dancing to this song, which admittedly is only about three minutes long. It is exhausting, though. And then Dominic emerged, joined in with us dancing, and then your sister. Yep. And then your best man, Chris, is fiance yep and then your dad and it was so glorious like, the cartoon uh, character himself <laughs> that, that motley assortment of six or seven people <laughs> the only people on the dance floor dancing to this song that's just horrific the most drunk ridiculous horrific dancing to this song <laughs> it's like 11 15 at night or 11 30 at night i can't speak for you or anyone else i was entirely too drunk you were, yes, you were beyond intoxicated. I sure was. There was a great point there where Al, Al was giving me that thousand yard stare that he does. Well, that was like, that was after He's just standing there and he's, he's got a little wobble. wobble, a little wobble to himself. And he's got, he still has the vest on, buttoned. Do you think I was going to be able to get out of that vest on my own? With the dress shirt untucked. Was it? Oh, yeah. The dress shirt is untucked and coming Plus. out from underneath. <laughs> from underneath the uh, vest. I, I imagine it would have. It was a pretty big shirt. It was, it was perfect. Yeah, no, it was. It's a miracle I didn't tip right over and fall. But I was uh, I was happy to see my dad out there for Shake It. The man with who out there is no spin shoon. Fact. Hmm? Who was wearing pizza socks. Yeah. <laughs> pizza socks and Darth Vader couplings. Fantastic. Killed it. <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> Since I heard Shake It tonight, I realized that I had to bring this up. On That's fantastic. I love that. <laughs> so, what? now, to the bachelor party. Oh, boy. So, Anthony asks for one thing for his bachelor party. I just want to get the guys together, go to a cabin somewhere in the middle of nowhere, and let's just have fun for a couple of days. Some drinking, some games, some cards, some grilling, cigars... That's all I want. Nice, simple, scotch. easy. Don't forget the scotch. Scotch, Jim. Oh, uh, there was scotch. <laughs> there was <laughs> so much scotch. <laughs> there was an abundance of scotch. At the there beginning. Was a, there was Less a so at the end. <laughs> and there was a whole host of cigars. Oh, yeah. Um, so, charged with that bit of information, I went looking for cabins. I found a couple of friends who had a cabin, friends who had friends who had cabins, that all fell through. Uh, so I was having a conversation with a friend of the podcast, Victoria. No! <laughs> That's not <What>? her name! <laughs> what? That's not her name. It's not? No. What is it? Don't you use an alias for her and everything? <laughs> oh, no, no. Only for Spin June stories. Got it. Because, well, see, you, know, you just ruined the That's alias. Fine. I don't really I care, never, I just think it's funny. <laughs> I've never used her name on the stories. I use her alias in the stories. Got it. <laughs> no one's supposed to know it's the same person. They'll know. 
Well, now they do. It's going to be great. Anyway, she took it upon herself to go find you a cabin because that's the type of thing she does. Uh, because she'd rather go on Airbnb for two hours and do that than work. <laughs> <laughs> well, this conversation was happening at 11 a.m. and she came back to me at 2 p.m. with a cabin. Nice. So, Wow, that is efficient. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh my god, this is perfect. Book it. I don't care. She sent me this info. It sleeps like 12 to 17 people. It's upstate New York, near Saratoga. Um, they have guns if you want to shoot, which we didn't do. We, we were not responsible enough to do guns with the amount of alcohol we were drinking. No, they were honestly too readily available. Yes, that's true. <laughs> anyway, there was only pictures of the rooms inside. And it looked like... Pretty sweet. Whatever, it looked pretty fucking awesome. But, okay, cool, book it, done. So fast forward to bachelor party weekend. We take, what, four different cars? Yeah, I guess. Think so. Me and my brother rode up together. Three guys rode together. You rode with your brother-in-law and cousin-in-law. <laughs> cousin-in-law? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there was... Um, Damien and Michael. Damien and Michael. I think that was it. That was the whole, that was the yeah. whole crew. Um, so we all said we'd get up there about 2, 2.30. About 2.15 when I roll in. Um... I see a couple of cars outside, but most importantly, the building didn't really look like a hunting cabin. No. It looked like a very large, oddly shaped house. And there was... A long long house. (laughs) A very long house. Um, Also, the bottom floor was not as big as the top floor. Oh, yeah. It was weird. That's strange. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, I pulled up. There's a couple trucks outside. Uh, gigantic dead pig. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh. About 20 feet from my car. Um, and uh, I was like, huh, well, I think we might be the first ones here. Not that I would recognize any of anyone's cars. Um, so I said, okay, let me call the guys and see if any of them are here yet. And as I grab my phone, I get a text in the group message that all the groomsmen are in. <laughs> Uh, it's a picture message from inside of the house of a gigantic dead pig. It's What's oh, really funny, it would have been great if it was like a number that you didn't have because then this turns into a horror movie. Mm. <laughs> yeah. This is a different angle of the same mutated pig that you're seeing. I was like, okay, great. Pig. We're in the right spot. Now we just got to figure out how to get inside. Let me text the guys. Oh, hey, I'm outside. I'll be in in a second. But as I hit send, I get another message. <laughs> another picture message Uh, and what it's a picture of is an open chest with a nazi armband (laughs) you know the one i'm talking about it's bright red it's got a white circle on it and it's got a black swastika in the middle of the circle featured heavily in the last crusade (laughs) yes basically everyone in the last crusade wore one of these oh my god (laughs) That that was too much so then some guy comes out and walks up to me and says, are you here for the Airbnb? And what I said was, yes. But what I wanted to say Nine! Was, Nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So he, he directs me to the other side of the building, says, you guys have the whole top floor. I said, great. So I pull over to the side. I go to walk up to the big uh, staircase up onto the deck so we can get into the building. So the guys who were already there walk out. And we quickly decide to, let's all get in the car and go shopping 
so that we can discuss these things <laughs> on the premises. <laughs> there is all manner of Nazi paraphernalia in this fucking house. Yes, there was. There was armbands, there was uniforms, there were weapons, there was helmets. I see, I like also like the use of paraphernalia, because for the longest time, everyone kept saying memorabilia. <laughs> yeah, wrong word. <laughs> I tried to keep... I kept trying to steer it in the direction of paraphernalia. I also kept trying to steer people into the direction of not saying Nazi shit constantly. Right. Like, On account of the cameras. <laughs> Nazi shit, because there was cameras all over the fucking place. There was probably microphones. Mm. And remember, people, we were going to be sleeping there the next two nights. And Nazis. <laughs> and Nazis. <laughs> allegedly. Um, so, Victoria needs to hear about this. Because let me just say that in the Airbnb listing, there was no pictures of Nazi shit. There was no mention of Nazi shit. Naturally. So I texted her and said, if this is Friday Friday afternoon, 3 o'clock now. Hey, I really need to talk to you. It's important. Everything's okay. <laughs> but we need to talk. Oh, about what? I can't talk right now. I'm at work. I said, yeah. You're going to have to go ahead and step out and call me. <laughs> I was like, I would really like to talk to you face-to-face -face so that I can see your reaction to what I'm going to tell you. But failing that, having you on the phone is gonna really, is really what's going to work for me. And she's like, well, what's this about? I said, well, we just got to the place, and um, there are things here. I, I'm sure at that moment her heart sank because she probably felt immediately like everything, like the place sucked. Oh, yeah. And sure. she said, oh, my God, did I ruin the bachelor party? <laughs> to which I replied, you done fucked up. <laughs> that is great. So we went back and forth. She's like, I can't call you right now. I'll call you as soon as I'm done with work. So now I'm like, okay, fine. I'm going to spend the next four hours torturing you with via text message. Um, I was like, well, whenever you do get the chance to talk, uh, I have picture accompaniments to our conversation that I will send to you so that you can enjoy this to its fullest extent. And um, she's like, oh my gosh, you know, what is this? And you know, I was like, oh, there's things in the house, things we didn't expect to find. So finally she's like, shut the fuck up and just send me it already. So oh then I sent her a picture of Nazi armband. She said, why are you sending me Nazi stuff? <laughs> why are you sending me two Nazi stuff? <laughs> now I replied in text message form in all capital letters, because that's all over the fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> So she started predictably freaking out, you know. Oh my god, I can't believe this. How is this possible? This and that. I said, well, I don't know how it's possible. She's like, there was nothing in the pictures. She's like, yeah, I hardly expect them to start advertising it on their listing. <laughs> right. So the, well, the problem is, maybe you keep Nazi stuff at your place, okay? Maybe it's because you're a Nazi. Maybe <laughs> your grandfather fought in World War II and brought back trophies, which, admittedly, that happens. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But this wasn't, like, on display. Like, it wasn't like they had a like a case that was there, like, you know, the Nazi with like a little blurb that said, like, the Nazi uniform worn by the officer who surrendered at the battle that my father was at or something. Somebody walked into the master bedroom and earned a loot crate. That Like, it was a video game. Like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> like, this stuff was not just there. It wasn't particularly well hidden. In fact, the chest, you had to be opening the chest, but it wasn't locked, it wasn't buried anywhere. But the closet directly across from it just opened it, uniforms... And it culminated all in us playing poker and deciding to wear the war helmets that were sitting around until we realized that half of them had Nazi insignias on them. 
So thanks again, Victoria, for booking us a Nazi No, trip. but but seriously, that trip was fantastic. So really, thank you, Victoria. That was awesome. Great find. Aside from the craziness, but it would—I mean, it wouldn't have been as eventful as it was if there were no. if that wasn't there. So there was a lot of laughter. It was it at was a good Nazi's time. Expense. Shall we get into the news, Al? Yes. Take it away. Okay. So first little thing is an update to a story we talked about a few episodes ago. Uh, for those of you who are Walking Dead fans, uh, about the fact that like. Everyone who's important on that show is suing AMC. Kind of important. Perfect timing, considering it's back. The third season of Fear the Walking Dead just wrapped a few weeks ago. The eighth season yep. of Walking Dead. Yep. Just started Sunday. I actually just finished the uh, the first episode before we sat down to record this. I still have to watch the finale of Fear, so I haven't watched the premiere yet. I'll knock both of us out this week. Anyway, um. <laughs> What? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, so a bunch of people, who is it, uh, Glenn Mazzara, Robert Kirkman, Gail Ann Hurd, and David Alpert all sued AMC, saying that they weren't getting their cut of the profits, which is a pretty serious allegation, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Uh, so the biggest update was that a few of them had filed in courts in New York, and... Robert Kirkman, I think, filed in California, and now all of them have filed in California, and it's all part of one big mega lawsuit now. It's oh, dang. <laughs> so, that's kind of a pretty serious move. Yeah. That is legit. Yeah. So, I just figured uh, that sort of update is fairly important. For uh, I don't, I, honestly, like, I, I, I want to see something, something fun happen here. Like, I, like, if the show just, like, if Robert Kirkman is somehow able to just flip the switch and turn the show off. <laughs> well, considering how both of us have said a few times now where the show's been pissing us off sometime, you wrote a whole story about it for the Spin Tune. Yeah, yeah. I've gone on at length about how much that should... First of all, I can't believe I'm saying this, but at this point in time, Fear the Walking Dead is a much better show. You than shut me. your whore mouth. <laughs> I'm not saying that the best of Fear is better than the best of The Walking Dead, but the okay. current run of what's on TV right now, gotcha. Fear is way better. Yeah, I'm usually I'm I'm like super into the first episode and last episode of the season, as I mentioned in my article. But uh, uh I'll probably you know what I might do an episode review. That might be one of my articles coming up <laughs> for the for the premiere of season eight. Just to just to give more light to AMC. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I'm just helping them. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Yeah. So anyway, that's all I want to talk about with Walking Dead. That's so good to know. I I want you to keep us posted and let us know what happens. <laughs> I will, whenever I see anything about it. This time oh. I actually saw the news, as opposed to the last time where it just kind of like trickled into the news. Like this story made. I guess everyone's like looking out for it now, like the way that we are. So. Right. Um. um I've got a little. To the final bits of our news? Uh, yeah, go for it. Uh, so we have had several developments uh, of a Star the anticipation. Wars. <laughs> the anticipation! The anticipation! It rises. Um, the episode 8 trailer, man. I know, you were watching it. I, I was watching it while you were in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, no, not just watching it. Um, I was all the way upstairs, and my computer like speakers were turned down 
not that loud, and I could hear very clearly what you were watching. <laughs> like, it sounded like I was watching it on the surround sound down here. Dude, you don't even understand how excited I am. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you do. I, if anyone in this world understands how excited you are, right. I, I love how, like, I didn't even know. I, I knew it was happening. You told me, you had texted me earlier in the day that the trailer was going to drop during football. And uh, then you had messaged when it was happening. And I went to go watch it. And I couldn't get the TV on fast enough. And then by the time I got it on and I got to the channel, it was gone. And I was like, no! <laughs> well, I was, like, trying to give you, like, a heads up. I was like, oh, hey, man, like, the game starts at 8.30. Like, it'll probably, it'll be during halftime. Halftime's about 15 minutes. They'll probably do it right about in the middle. Right. So then I was like, I texted you, I was like, there's like five minutes left in the first half, and I was like, hey man, halftime's coming up, get in front of the TV, Yeah. and then you text me, oh hey, should I turn it on right now? But the problem is, you sent me that text yeah, five first. seconds before the trailer started, and I threw my phone across the room <laughs> so I wouldn't be distracted by you. <laughs> That's fair, and I, I, I accept that. I, I found it, like, it, I mean, it was immediately available, like right after that, so it wasn't a big deal. I watched the whole trailer, then I went and retrieved my phone, texted you back, you were like, hey, should I bother putting it on? And I was like, ah! <laughs> that was what my, the extent of my text oh was. My god. Oh my god. It's so good. And then you were like, oh my god, I can't find it, it's over, is it online? And I like went to YouTube, because they usually release it like nearly simultaneously. Right, and, and I'm it like, was there. And I went to the Star Wars account on YouTube. And I'm just like refreshing, 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 and finally pops up, and I immediately send it to you, and then you were able to watch it. <sighs> so good. And then like right after that, I was like, oh wait, yeah, I it, like I watched it, and I sat there and I thought about it for a second, and then it dawned on me that the, like in the last screen it's like tickets on sale now, and I was like, good mother of God! <laughs> and I grabbed my phone again, and I bought tickets for the night before, the morning of, and the Sunday after. <laughs> Uh, we will be going to the first two of those three that yes. you just mentioned. Yes, we will. We're going to be doing the, uh, you know, standard standard viewing, the way that it's meant to be seen. The night before. The morning of, we're going to do IMAX 3D. Nice. So we have Yes, for those of you who uh, may not have heard us talk about it, I think we may have alluded to it in one or two episodes, but we didn't do this for Rogue One. We just did, actually it was the night of, wasn't it? It wasn't even the night before for Rogue One. Yeah, we did night of. But for The Force Awakens, we came up with the insane idea of doing the night before, then going to sleep, then waking up super early the next day, and just me and him going, as opposed to so going with the group. So, we came up with that idea, though, that, like, after we watched it, right? It, was, it wasn't, like, the middle of the night that we purchased tickets to the episode, to the... No, no. No, what happened was, similar to this, we watched the trailer for The Force Awakens during Monday Night Football. <laughs> then you said, I'm buying tickets, you're coming... I've already put in for the days at work. Oh, right. Yeah, I, I put my like, time off request and it just says Star Wars with my cousin. <laughs> yes. And I was like, oh, yeah, man, let's go to the night. Let's go the night before. It's like, you got like the 10 p.m. show, not even like the midnight show. I was like, oh, awesome. Yeah. I was That's like, so oh, this key. is when you were still living in Lyndhurst. And I was like, oh, perfect. That's only like 20 minutes or so from where I work. Do you mind if I just hang out during the day? And you were like, yeah. But also, if you're going to hang out, do you we, want to see it again? We should see it again. I like double down. Well, obviously, right we're going to do that. Yes. The uh, oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. 
Oh, the be- the benefit though of this one is that our IMAX seats are assigned because the last time we had those, we luckily found two seats together. We I feel like we were there early enough, but by the time we got so, in the theater, it was like crazy. So we were probably two thirds of the way back. Yeah. Anyway, we're good this time. We got some solid seats. Okay. So, good. It's the first. So it's the are- first showing of the day too. It's like the time we went to see Wolverine and. Uh, we got there before the theater opened. <laughs> oh, on the coldest weekend of the year. I yeah, it was that. cold. <laughs> it was real bad. My eyes hurt. My contact lenses <laughs> froze my eyeballs a little bit. Uh, but as Alan mentioned... Was also yeah. It was a rough time. Um, that was when I brought the notebook to the theater. <laughs> yes. Yes. But uh, that, that trailer, man, it's... It's, they're so good at it. They're so good at trailers. There are so many lies, I just can't figure out which ones are the lies and which ones are the truth. Oh, yeah. Like, there is so much lying happening in that trailer. Yeah. It's, it's like, they're, like, misleading you the whole way through it, so that the entire time you're watching the movie, you're like, please, God, no more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's gonna be It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. We'll be doing that episode in person, obviously, after we see the second viewing. <laughs> Yeah, that probably makes sense. Um, do you want to get into any specifics about the trailer? I I I watched it a bunch of times, but I'm trying not to try to dissect it because I don't want to ruin anything for myself. No, we don't have to. We just cool. have to talk about the fact that we saw it. everyone's seen it by now, and if by some crazy way you haven't seen it by now, then you've had you know what? Problems. Stop listening. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. I mean, like, it it came out like what three weeks ago? Something like that. It was, oh no, it was the night, it was two weeks ago. It was the night before you went on the honeymoon. Yeah. Was that only two weeks ago? Good God. I guess so. Um, so, before we get into our movie for the week, uh, I used my movie pass. I told you. Oh, I, no, no, I, sorry. I have, I didn't realize you were transitioning. I, I have two more. Oh, quick go ahead. Star Wars things. Go ahead. One, I was almost at Ron Howard video about the release ah, of the <laughs> It was great. <laughs> For the new standalone Star Wars Solo, a Star Wars story. I'm pretty excited for that. If any of you hasn't checked out the video for that, if you're just aware that the title is, just go look. He put a video on Twitter. Ron Howard reveal. Ron Howard reveal. I thought it was kind of fun. Yeah, it was cool. It was was classic Ron Howard, especially if you're like an Arrested Development fan. (laughs) Yeah. And then the final Star Wars note I had was, saw a story today about what might have been and that was that apparently David Fincher was approached to direct one of the Star Wars movies. Huh. Uh, he Which? turned it down, I guess. But um, I guess they wanted him to do either episode or eight or nine originally. Oh, like, a, like one of the mainstream ones. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, dying. I guess they talked to him. I think they talked to him after they fired Trevorrow to, to do nine. And oh, wow. I guess he really wanted to. And then it was like, no, you got to be ready to like live it for two years and I don't know if I can do it. So he made the right choice. If he didn't know he can do it, then he made the right choice and they hired right. JJ and I think JJ will do fine considering A lot of people he, were not happy about that. Yeah, because But I mean, it's also the internet. But Yeah, well, part of it's the internet. Part of it is there's become this thing where people started to dislike JJ because JJ wants to be Steven Spielberg and he's done a decent approximation of that throughout the course of his career, but the biggest thing is it's become in vogue to hate on the Force Awakens in the time since it was since it's come out. Right. Um, for 
mostly, in my opinion, overblown reasons. Not that none of the criticism is justified. Some of it surely is just way overblown. Right. But I don't think he'll do that. I mean, he even came out and said after the movie came out, yeah, we came back and did some stuff that Star Wars because we had to prove to you that we could do Star Wars. Right. I, so and he, I mean, he won me over that. I love that movie. I mean, we talked about it at length. That movie is fantastic. And when I when I heard that, I wasn't like, uh, I was like, hell yes, because <laughs> I know it's going to be good. <laughs> but anyway, the point, I, the reason I brought this up is, I then spent an, an hour thinking about what a David Fincher Star Wars movie would look like. Mm. Then I wish I could see that. Yeah. It would be weird, that's why. It would just be... I feel like it would be a Star Wars horror movie. Right, like or like a like a fan-made alternate universe. <laughs> I feel like he would go, like, full-on, like, thriller-slash-horror, which could be kind of cool. Yeah, it could be. But, like, I, that lends itself to one of those, like, side stories. You can't do that in the main... Maybe. I, I do agree. I think that would be a better fit for it, although I thought that a good fit for the Star Wars standalone movies would be Lord Miller, but they fucked mm. up their opportunity, so we lost that. No. Not that I don't want to see Ron Howard make a Star Wars movie, because I feel like that would be fun, too. It just seemed like when they announced Lord Miller to do Han Solo, I was like, that's a match made in heaven. Right. Yeah, well, we'll just have to see. I am I am very excited. As you yeah, can tell by the tone of my voice. No, <laughs> like, no, I just, there's no more words for it. Like, I'm thrilled, and I can't wait until, I can't wait because I don't like to rush time by, but <laughs> December, oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, so let's get to the movie pass thing, then let's yeah. get to the movie. So, movie pass. Uh, sorry, oh, we, by the way, guys, sorry, this is going to be a really long episode. We haven't been on air in a long time. It's like I haven't seen you in forever. I mean, it's only been a couple weeks since you and I have seen each other. Forever. We've been most of that time not sober there um so movie pass we had talked about this a while back uh that deal went out where movie pass became ten dollars a month and what it was is you can get you can go see a movie in theaters one movie per day and you can't see the same movie twice so if you are a movie goer this thing pays for itself in one viewing a month that's that's the gist of it uh i gotta see if it's available up near me at any of the theaters i go to because I'm, I'm going to say it probably is. Uh, so, I had got, I, you know, I, it took me forever to order mine because, like, I, the site kept crashing because after they had announced that deal, they just, like, went down because they had too much traffic. Eventually, I got yeah. through. I got my card, like, a few weeks later. Uh, and for, I used it for the first time this past week. And I was like, I got to the theater. I had looked up previously that my theater supports it, and they do, which is great because the theater that I go to is fantastic. Um, this one has it? Yeah. It's a good theater. It's, uh, it's my favorite. Um, so I got in there. I'm with my buddies, and we go to... We're actually going to see The Foreigner. Uh, so we had we were at dinner, and we're like, hey, let's see a movie. What's out? I was like, I still need to see Kingsman for the show, because one, I really want to see it. They had already seen it. And two, we're going to do an episode on it. I was like, I'd like to see that, but they have. I, I don't want to make, you know, make them sit through it if they already saw it and see what else we can see. So we decided to go see The Foreigner, and then we were like, Foreigner's at 7.50, Kingsman's at 10.20. Two movies? Two movies! All right! Yeah, <laughs> so we, we went and saw both. But uh, we get to the theater, and I was like, oh, well, obviously I can't use the movie pass for both of them, because you can only do one movie a day. So I was like, I, I, I made my peace with that. And I got there, I go through, it says to use the kiosk, I used the kiosk, I went through, I added the ticket, I swiped the card, uh, it doesn't go through. I'm like, 
Okay, try again. So I have the card. It says processing. It says processing for like two minutes, which is long, much longer than enough for this to go through. Uh, Chris hits cancel and swipes his card. I'm like, you son of a bitch, because he took my ticket. <laughs> uh, so I went back and I tried again. I was like, you know what? Let me check. He's like, you should go to the the um, the to the desk. I was like, I can go to the desk. I was like, but I feel like it's got to do with the card because realistically it would just go through and it also mentions that you're supposed to use the you can use the kiosk so it was like i went on the app to check it again to double check that my theater was still good and it was and then i saw the movies that were playing and i clicked one and uh, i went to the time for the one we were seeing and i hit check in and when you do that it has you put in the last four digits of the card and when you put those last four digits in you have 30 minutes to buy that ticket so you actually have to check in on your phone then go to the kiosk, then purchase your ticket. Here's the catch. You need to, like, you can't just do this online. Like, you can't put the card in online to buy the ticket. You have to actually be at the theater, and you have a 30-minute window to purchase the ticket. So I don't, I haven't tried to buy a ticket for, like, an advanced showing yet. If I can, no big deal. I'll just pick up tickets, like, randomly while I'm out for, like, a later show. Yeah. Um, It's a little bit more difficult with a theater like this because it's assigned seats as you know so y- you can't just go 30 minutes before the movie to do it because most of the time the decent seats are gone for that yeah. um, luckily there's another theater right nearby that is not assigned seats that also takes it so I can use them as well but anyway it finally went through this figured it out put it in got the ticket and I was like oh my god it works like I was still not convinced that this was going to work and I was like this movie was basically free <laughs> because I'm going to use this again. <laughs> um, and I was like, you know what? I, I, I started scheming immediately. I was like, well, I've, I'm paying for Kingsman tonight because I can't use the card twice, so I'm clearly going to see this movie again because it's not going to cost me anything. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point, randomly, I'm just going to go over to the theater and watch Kingsman again. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, it's good. Uh, <laughs> so oh, yeah. with that being said, that was that's what led us into the theater that night. Uh, we will do an episode on The Foreigner another, another week. Uh... But for tonight, for today, for this week, <laughs> Kingsman, the Golden Circle. When their headquarters are destroyed and the world is held hostage, the Kingsman journey leads them to the discovery of an allied spy organization in the U.S. These two elite secret organizations must band together to defeat a common enemy. That is the synopsis from IMDb. Pretty straightforward. If you yep. saw the first one and you liked the first one, you're going to like the second one. I don't want to hear your shit. I read a lot of people saying that, oh, it's the same thing. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> well, two things. One, and this is like my first note that I put on for the show today. It is a worthy successor to the original. It is, absolutely. It's 100% in that universe. It's yep. 100% the same world that we're exploring. We're exploring a new corner of it, some new things. Um, there are some similarities, certainly thematically, certainly in the way they present it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even some kind of notes that maybe you can kind of guess ahead of time where they're going to sure. go with it. But that being said, it's most certainly not the same fucking movie. <laughs> no, it's not. And it, it does it does the sequel thing right. Like you, you get to cash in on the world that you've built. You get to cash in on the relationships that were made previously. You get callbacks, which are always fun. But not just cash in. You get to expand on those things. Oh, yeah. But, like, it, it, in so many good ways, and we'll get into those later when we get, like, into some of them specifically when we get into spoiler territory. We're not there yet. But it's just, the movie, it, it's just a fun movie. And we've gone through this before. Like, there's certain movies that, that just get it right. Like, I don't, 
it's it's not a ten out of ten movie, you know. But it's it, it's a movie that when this movie comes out, I will be purchasing it the day that it arrives on four K Blu Ray, <laughs> and <laughs> I will be throwing it in within that week to watch it, and I will watch it again and again as time goes on. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if you like the first one, you're definitely gonna like this one because it is a Kingsman movie. It's in the right. same way that John Wick and John Wick Chapter Two, the second one is a John Wick movie. It is an extension right. of the movie. This is an extension of the first movie, even though it's telling its own story. It's very much informed by what happened the first time around. Right. Yeah, I, I could see I can see watching this movie and enjoying it thoroughly, not having seen the first one. But if you see it, it adds that much more to it. It's true. It is a good standalone story, but it's very much not. You know, there's a couple of little Easter egg things, but you know, there's characters from the first one. Right. There's untold stories and, and, and loose ends from the first one that need to be wrapped up this time around. And the very central plot, and I'm not spoiling anything because if you've seen a trailer for it, you know it. There's what the hell. Is that really Harry? Right, for sure, and we'll definitely we'll get deeper into that too. Um, that's one of my notes as well. Uh, but one of the things that uh, you had mentioned, John Wick, and it's the same thing. This movie's got great world building. Yes, uh, similar to John Wick, and I, it's it's another it's one of those. I I don't know what the formula is that these folks have found that like makes that work. Like I think it's just like they just have balls when they do it. They're like, this is the world. Uh, we're done with that conversation. <laughs> like this is the world. Accept that. So here's what's happening, and then, and then they move over. Like they move over and they start the story, and it's just like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> like they, I, I, I can't argue this. <laughs> yeah. And it's like there's you get this like you know crazy ass villain, weird, like strange character with serious psychological issues, like like deep psychological issues, same as the first movie. Well, that's one of that's that's one of my notes is the villains. Because mm-hmm. they're quickly shaping up to be absolutely the best part of this series of movies. The villains are just fun. They're, just, they're better Bond villains. Yes. They're crazier, better, funnier. Right. Well, that's the Bond. thing. They're they're over the top. And, and James Bond has its own world building as well. But it tries to root itself in reality in, in certain aspects where the villain is always the, is the like key portion of it that's over the top. Well, it's not just that, but it's the villain is usually crazy and over the top, but they take themselves seriously. Right. In this, they're crazy the top, crazy over the top, but they double down on that and say, "I'm going to be the craziest and right. the most over the top, and I'm going to put a fucking smile on my face while I'm doing it." Right. Ah, it's so good, and it's like, oh, I just remember. So uh, this is not a spoiler. Uh, it's it's a spoiler light, but the first time you see the villain's lair, I'm like. This is just so ridiculous. <laughs> like, yes. it's, it's just so. I'm not. You know, it's not spoilerific at all. It's just. It's so absurd. And you just. The camera pans through, and you're getting all these angles of it, and you're just like, you're just taking it all in, and you're seeing the signs. You're, you're starting to understand what's going on, and you're starting to see like the '60s themed. What looks like a goddamn theme park. '50s. '50s themed theme park, and you're just like, what? What? What what is happening here? And then you meet the villain. You're like, all right, <laughs> let's buckle oh, up. <laughs> oh, she was locked in a room her entire life and forced to watch 1950s commercials her whole life. Right. <laughs> because she was exactly those moms from those 1950s commercials that you know 
you know, we see made fun of in current, you know, because obviously neither of us or probably any of our, our listeners really lived through the 50s to have been watching TV to right. have seen any of that. But she's that on screen, like that little bit of manic insanity behind her eyes while she's got this big grin on her face and everything is happy-go-lucky. Right, it's like, oh, super charming. Oh, you're so nice. Wait, you're crazy. (laughs) So very crazy. So Juliet Moore fucking killed it. She really (laughs) did. She did a fantastic job. Just like Samuel killed it in the first one. Right. But not not, not to focus too much on the first one, but that that character that like they, they came up with, like with that lisp and the like the tech and all of that stuff and like the rich guy, it was just it was so funny to me. Yes. Like he, because that's the that's the I uh, what I got out of the first one. I was like, I the same way I feel about this one. This is a better Bond movie. Like this is a it's a fun it's a much more fun much more. There's just much more to it. Like it's not it's like a, not like this uh, like one note song. Which sometimes I don't like when. They really hit that sort of thing on the head. The subtlety is kind of nice, but I like that they literally said it in the first one. Said How he says, "I always loved all those old oh, yeah. movies." Yeah, and they go through the whole thing, and then at the end of it all, when in the first one, spoiler alert, when he shoots Harry, this isn't that kind of movie. Yeah, like that whole thing was so pitch perfect. And they, again, double down on that in this thing. I mean, like, again, she has her own kind of striking way that she did the whole thing. Instead of a lisp, it's her affectation where she's walking around and the people listening can't see, but you can see me right now. Is She's got the, the hands up and the, you know, the, the good posture and the arms yep. out and the wrists, you know, and everything. Oh my God. Just like the way that in all those old 50s, you know, TV stuff, she kind of floats around the kitchen, you know what I mean? Yeah. With a smile on her face. Yeah, like that's the, the the crazy thing. If you look at the villain, like that's a a good view of the entire movie. Like she's there's there's actually a story there. She's she can be funny. She's crazy. She's scary, and that's the entire like that's the entire movie. The movie has so many like ups and downs emotionally. Oh yeah, definitely roller coaster. It's oh, it's so good. Um, I. Kind of just want to like. Uh, is there anything that you want to specifically touch on before we just take off the veil? Because I don't want to beat around the bush on anything else unless you do. No, let's do it. All right, cool. So the veil is off. Spoilers from this point forward. Um, the this movie's this movie is great. Go see it if you haven't seen it. It's uh, it, if you don't like again. If you don't like this movie, I don't like you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's one of those. No, um, but it, it's, it's a lot of fun. So we talked about the world building. Just a little, we touched on it just a little bit, but. When I was saying, like we had the pop, Poppy's Lair, and then the just like the the really cool um, the weaponry that both agencies have, and like all like the like they have their 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 glasses where they can they sit at their table and they see all the people that are at the table in the meetings rooms meeting rooms with them, and it's like really cool because this is what I mean by building on the first movie. It's really cool the first time you see that in the first movie, and then in the second one. It takes them a really long time to show you that there's other people at the table. You just get it <laughs> at this yeah. point, which is really fun. I love that. Like they just like okay, where this movie's for our audience, the ones that sat through the first one. <laughs> yeah, I, I I really appreciated that. But there's uh there is one thing that concerned me uh, right off the bat. So the first movie had a lot of um, crazy ass action sequences. Yes. Right. There's really cool. Um, to 
to great music most of the time, similar to like a baby driver, like the the music's going on as the action sequence is happening. Certain scenes line up, not the same way that they do in Baby Driver where it's like perfection, but <laughs> like certain like motions and movements line up with the beat of the song to a degree. And but it's over well, the top. Well, they the first one in the church scene. Yeah. Oh, the church scene was 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 that was kind of like the big one though that that kicked it off and it was pretty late into the movie. Yes. Uh in this one we get it right off the bat. It's the first thing that happens in the movie. And when that happens and you're getting this crazy chase scene with the taxi and, like, the music. And he's, you know, the scene that you see in the trailer where he's, like, swinging out the door and he flies up in the air. All this nonsense that's going on. And the first thing that I think to myself is this is the first scene of the movie. Uh-oh. I'm like, do they, are they just going to do this? Like, is this going to be what it is the whole time? But thank God it wasn't. No. It was just they, they just started with it this time. And they didn't. They, I, I don't think they, there was a little bit more of it in this movie, but they didn't overdo it. Well, it's funny because I actually felt almost like the action might have been even slightly lacking because until the very end, there was no big one sequence. Instead, they kind of peppered it through with much better pacing than they did in the first one. Right. Uh, well, I, they they did pepper it through, but then the last sequence was very long. The last one, but I meant up until that point, like, I was like, oh, like, when are they going to get to it? Because it was all, you know, a little taste here, a little taste there, you know what I mean? A little fight here. Um, and all of it had that same feel to it. The choreography was excellent and even absurd at times. But all the engagements were pretty quick, pretty quick, up until the very end. Mm-hmm. But that whole sequence at the end of the first one was very long as well. That's true. That's true. But, yeah, it's... Uh, I- like I said though, like that that did that did concern me right off the bat, but then it, it it that concern quickly faded with the rest of the movie as it went on. Yeah. Um. There's a interesting note here. So I don't understand. I I really don't get how they pull this off. But in these movies, people die and you're horribly upset, and people die and you kind of laugh. I don't. I really like. I don't. I don't know how they how they do that. I I understand it's done with certain character development, but in the the this, the movie starts off with this with this taxi chase scene. His driver dies like <laughs> like really bad. Not only does he get the poison um, knife in the in the neck, but then he gets flung out the window. And in the in the following scene, the other guy that gets thrown out of the window that it has survived is standing there and if you look as the car is driving away the the dead body is just lumped over on the floor and it's it's weirdly comical but like yes. he, it's like the driver's dead no big deal <laughs> like whatever which kind of fucked up that guy was just trying to do his job right? and instead he gets kicked in the neck with a poison blade and he dies like six seconds later and like he turns green there's also like zero remorse from eggy he didn't have time for remorse, man. Like, he met his match. Yeah, I guess. It was just funny. He was getting bionic punched in the fucking face. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Uh, I like that they like, that we also, yeah, in our first, within our first, like, what is it, five minutes, we also get our, like, our first callback to a, uh, the recruit that didn't make it through the Kingsman program. Charlie. Charlie. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. We're going here. Like, villain from a previous movie. I like it. I dig it. Bring it on. 
See, the thing is, I kind of figured that they were going to tie that up at the beginning of the movie. I didn't realize how much of a presence he was going to Oh, yeah, that he was going to go on throughout. Yeah, I, I didn't expect that either. I thought it was just, yeah, like you were saying, I just thought it was going to start us off. I thought it was going to be one of those things where there's like a, you know, a small thing to overcome there? in the beginning and then a yeah. bigger plot thing later on. But it was, they, no, they had a, a through line through that whole movie. And like, Which this was. I kind of liked it because he was, even though I wasn't necessarily a huge fan or super interested by the character itself, he was. Actually, a better Bond henchman than a lot of the Bond henchmen were. Mm-hmm. Where he was a constant nuisance throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I didn't even think of it that way. That's great. Because sometimes those Bond villains were like big on the talk early in the movie, but then you lose them for a huge section of the movie. Right. Or they end up being cheesy, or they don't end up being that big of a threat, or they just end up being something that looks intimidating but doesn't do anything. He was very nearly a match for Eggsy. Mm-hmm. Then they have he they they butt heads several times throughout the course of the movie. Yeah, that's that's funny. I didn't think of it that way. I, I like that thinking of him as a henchman in a in a Bond movie. That's it's just a Bond movie done right. <laughs> yeah, like that, that's where it always comes back to is whether it's completely overtly stated or kind of a hybrid version of explicit implicit. This is doing Bond movies, quote-unquote, right as right. Matthew Bond sees it. I like... There's the other thing, too, with his weapon, his, you know, his um, his bionic arm. Yeah. This is This is, again, this is the world building, and, and like, if you don't... If you don't keep up, you'll just be left behind with, like, with, <laughs> with like, the script for this movie. They're like, this guy has a bionic arm. Okay? It does this. And they're just like, like you don't have... A, you don't second-guess the bionic arm. You're just like, ah, but what about... You don't even care. And then five minutes later, you're like, well, what else can it do? <laughs> you're well, very right, interested. We're about to give him a newer, bigger, better version of that arm. <laughs> right. And now it can do this. Right. <laughs> it was so good. But that was, it was really cool. Um, there's, so we talked about the driver dying. No big deal. What about, let's, let's talk about Roxy for a second. Yeah, that was one of the notes I had, too. Rest in peace, Roxy. Yeah, I have Roxy. Okay, thanks, bye. That's what my note says. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought they were going to really go into... I mean, first of all, like, from the first one, I thought they were going to do an arc where maybe it would take a while, but that ultimately the two of them would kind of end up together because they had good chemistry in the first one and in this one, too. Right. But they're just kind of... end up just being friends, and they end up being really good friends because they bring back... Princess Tildy from the first one, who I thought was just going to be kind of a one-off joke. Exactly. I thought the same thing. I thought that we, we were getting the story that you're basically telling right there, where uh, these two are going to end up together. But it like, won't be the end of the first movie. It'll be down a lot. Yeah, like, and it, that's going to be the romance interest later on in this movie. I've, yeah, I thought, I thought um, Tildy was going to die at some point. Until, until the missile hits Roxy in the face. Like, what? Well, see, the thing is... I just thought Tildy was going to be a joke in the first one, and maybe we would get a quick Bond-esque joke in the second one. Mm-hmm. But no, like, as soon as, like, he comes home to her, I'm like, oh, no, they're going all in on this. And maybe she'll die, maybe she won't. But, like, they're serious about that relationship. That's going to be a thing. Yeah. Um, I was, I mean, obviously you see the videos of them blowing, in the, in the, the, the trailer of them blowing up the tailor shop blowing up the main base and this and that. So you knew that, but you figured there would be some survivors. And I thought Roxy was going to be an important part of this movie. So and she I. was for the first 15 minutes, but 
Yeah, like you see uh, when the missile's going into the building, and she's like, you see her running away. And I thought, like, oh, okay, she's going to find a way out of this somehow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the. I don't well, because she's the only one that you saw making an attempt at running right. off. Right. And like, although, you, although you see this entire building crumble to the ground, it's Kingsman. There's, there's, yeah. There could be some way that she got out of that. There still can be. You never know. Some escape hatch, some right. jetpack, some something. Right, but they but they, they play it off that she's that she's a gunner in this one. Which, well, you know. I figured if they were going to do that, it might have been at the end of the movie that they would find out that she survived or something like that. Like some sort of tease. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I suppose they could possibly bring her back. Um, but um, I was a little disappointed. I, I wanted to hear more of her story. Yeah. I liked her as a character. Yeah, it, it definitely felt like they were... I, and I don't know, maybe that's like the... Uh, like trying to tug on your emotions a little bit and like... Dis, like disappointing you like they're because they she's on screen and you recognize the character and then you feel like okay she she plays a role in the scene like they're they're gonna go somewhere else and then they do the whole thing with her like basically being the man in the, her his man in the chair yeah. <laughs> to bring the spider-man reference into it <laughs> but um and okay cool like this character's here for the movie like this like she's gonna be involved yeah and then they take her away from you yeah and that's the first um that's the first like super emotional scene you get from Eggsy is when he approaches Merlin after she's di- after she dies. When all of them die. Well, the all, entire of, all of them die. King's but that's that's the one that he's he's holding on to because it's like his best friend. Yeah. And which it's funny that you brought up earlier that some deaths make you almost laugh and some of them almost make you cry, and we have that juxtaposition right in this scene because that was emotional having lost her. But I was still trying to get over laughing at Dumbledore saying fuck. Yep. 100 <laughs> percent That's another one of my notes. Dumbledore says fuck. <laughs> that's great. No, but that's exactly Yeah, that's exactly it though. And then but you really like it okay, that's really funny. And then as he's talking to Merlin, you're like, oh, this is serious. And you start to feel really bad. And like the accusation that he has towards Merlin, but then also the confidence that Merlin has, where he's just like, he knows Exy. He's like I understand you're going through some shit right now. <laughs> you can't. We gotta. It's like buck up. We gotta get through this. <laughs> yep. He's and uh, we'll get further into Merlin probably a little bit later. But Almost the definitely. best character in this movie. <laughs> I love Merlin. I love He's Mark so Strong good. in general. Merlin in these two movies has been excellent. Uh, so excellent. I just can't. can't that scene where he tell he basically says. There's no time for grieving. We have to go with our continuation of, you know, our organization. We have to follow the, whatever it was, the Armageddon Protocol or whatever the hell it was that they had to follow. They go down into that place and they open the safe and, (laughs) oh, a bottle of whiskey? Yeah. Well, okay, you know, we do usually toast our fallen comrades, so. But I like it. It, It's like, in that, in that first, it's very innocent, that first drink that they take, though. Because like you're saying, like, they... They're thinking like, okay, this is what we have to do to activate whatever this is. That like, like they have to get through it to figure it out. <laughs> well, not just that, but they're like, well, maybe we should have another one, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the bottle is eighty percent gone. They're just crying. They're both like, well, he's that, like, not just that. It's Exy's crying and Merlin saying "buck up," and then it's Merlin <laughs> bawling while drinking the whiskey, <laughs> and Exy being like. No, 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 we have to, like, we have to be strong. <laughs> and I, I forget what the exact line is, but uh, Eggsy figures out that, you know, the the K is the Kingsman logo. 
in the yeah. bottle. But he says something, and Merlin still goes on about whatever it is that he's talking about. And you yeah. see Eggsy, like, waiting for him to realize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a perfectly done scene. Yeah, he, goes, yeah, he, he says, like, we gotta go to Kentucky. And he goes, oh, yes, we need to get more of the whiskey or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So funny. But uh, then, then we start to get introduced to these other characters. And uh, what did you think of the Statesman? Well, for one, considering we were talking about a little bit just a little while ago with the Star Wars trailers lying, a little bit of a bait and switch on this trailer as well. They really sold us on Channing Tatum and put Pedro Pascal in the back seat in those trailers. Yeah. And the movie was completely the opposite. Very little Channing Tatum, though he kind of had some fun while he had his time on screen, especially um, his scene where he's gotten loopy from the drugs or from the virus, whatever. That was pretty great. Um, yeah, it was funny. He like, like falls down in the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we get way more of Pedro Pascal as uh, Agent Whiskey, which Whiskey. Yeah, Agent Whiskey. Um, and that's another one of my notes actually. Pedro, a star is born. Yeah. Because starting with his portrayal of the Viper on Game of Thrones. I've become a fan of his, though admittedly that's really the only thing I'd seen him in before this. Right. That guy's a good actor. Yeah. Oh, he's good. I like him a lot. He's solid. He was tremendous as the Viper in Game of Thrones. I loved his portrayal of one of my favorite characters from the book. thought he did it very much justice. And um, he was really good in this as kind of this complex guy who's puts on this facade of being, you know, the straight-laced agent while also fucking around and having some fun and then oh wait no he's actually a dude with a vendetta like yeah it was cool he like yeah he had a this character arc that you i didn't see coming no at least not at first yeah or or not in the way that they did it like to the point where you know in his by the by the end i'm like I, i mean yeah like you're being a dick right now but i I understand where you're coming from. Like, I understand yeah. why he's so screwed up <laughs> by this. Yeah, no, he kind of had real motivation. Right? It's funny because I think that was it. Was it Denzel Valentine? Was that his name? And uh, was that Samuel's name in the first one? Yeah, Something Valentine. Valentine, yeah. Um, he was a pretty complete, complex villain, where he had this twisted, fucked up plan. But the logic behind it was actually kind of sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas Poppy was pretty selfish, her motivations. Kind of one note in that case, you know what I mean? It was interesting and funny the way she did it, but it was really just kind of a libertarian pipe dream that she was going on. Right. Whereas at the end, Whiskey ends up being kind of the bigger threat to them personally. Because he's so possessed of this conviction that this is what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the two of them were the two opposing sides of what Valentine had in one character. It was like they couldn't quite write such a complete villain this time around. So they kind of gave us two sides of the same coin and two different villains. Yeah. No, that's cool. Did you... I'm curious, um, in the scene where he knocks the vial out of his hand, did you expect what was coming next? 
Yes. All right, because that was uh, the way they focus on the vial. I like. I immediately f- figured that was the case. Yes. Well, because he hadn't really betrayed anything about his betrayal before that. Right. But the way they shot that scene, it's like, nah, it was fucked up. Yeah. I just didn't think Harry was going to act so... Oh, oh, my God. See, that's the way this movie goes over the top. Like, right, it's like, boom, shot in the head. I was like, good God. But yes. I wasn't super concerned because this movie also does a very funny thing, <laughs> which is like, as like we mentioned, they go over the top. At this point, I know, because Harry's back, getting shot in the head, not a big deal. <laughs> well, they go to pretty good lengths making it not just, like, it, you could have just been like, oh, yep, that was this thing, we had this, and it was just like a MacGuffin then at that point, right? Right. But they actually set it up to be an important plot point for later on, not just something to retroactively fix when it had already happened. Exactly. This character being alive. Yeah, it seems like it... Like whether they did that so that it wasn't just this one-off thing that seemed that was like easily see through. Uh, whatever, I don't really care. I'm I'm happy they brought him back because I love his character. Yeah. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. I like that they gave it. A they real gave it more, yeah. No. Other than just being a retcon. I agree. Um. Speaking of Harry and his return to the screen, so we had talked about this on previous episodes that uh, and my vendetta against trailers. <laughs> um. And the fact that they they showed him, and I still, while I still think it would have been more of an impact if they didn't put him in the trailer. Like if you if you just cast him, and you don't put him in the trailer, it could be any number of things. It could be flashback scenes. It can be like like I, I don't know. It could just be like a memory, like a like maybe like a dream. It could be anything. But by putting him in the trailer, you know the character's back. What in what capacity you don't know, but you know the character is back in some way. Especially they the way that that was done. They should have given us the scene of them looking through the glass and gasping, but not told us what was there. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Like, could that be Harry? Right. There, there's or no. It could be anything. There's no reason to show you him shaving, and I get it. Like, that wasn't their point. Like, wasn't to shock you with the value. Like, the fact that he's back. The idea was like, you know, he's back, but he's not whole yet, and part of this is going to be getting him back on track, which was actually a really cool thing. Yeah. And I'm glad they did that because it made me hate the trailer less. Yeah. But it still didn't fully redeem it. No. No, it's one of those things where if there was going to be a movie that got it right with not spoiling too much, this should have been the movie. Yeah. Because they had enough credibility banked, I feel like. Yeah. That movie was such an unexpected hit. But it wasn't lightning in a bottle. You could see the skeleton that was there in the, you could see the structure, the architecture of what made that movie excellent, that everyone should have had enough trust that a second one was going to be good at least. Yeah. So I, I, I don't, I, I also don't think that like, I don't know, is Colin Firth that much of a draw that it, that they felt that you need to put him in the trailer. Like I, I don't really, I that Colin Firth isn't enough of a draw, but Colin Firth as Harry is, is enough. All right. I mean, he was a very strong component of the success of that first movie. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I just I, I'm thinking of like if if my first introduction to him back on screen is if like you said if the trailer showed the gasp and then in the movie you get to that scene and they're showing you the gasp and then they turn to what they're looking at. That's a cool reveal. 
Yes. And that's fun. And I'm I I would love that. And then you're just like, oh my god, Harry's back. And then then they show you that he's not like that he's got memory loss. They they give him back to you, and then they just rip him right away from you again. And you you just be so mad. You just oh, be there god. stewing <laughs> because you love this character. But uh, it was cool what they did with him, though. I I liked that. I liked the whole. You know, his whole butterfly thing where, like, this was what he was interested in beforehand. And, like, he, like, lapsed back to that point in time. It's funny because I didn't remember that from the first one. But then maybe a week after I saw the second, I, um, the first one was just on TV and I threw it on for, like, 10, 15 minutes. And you do see them all up on the walls yeah. in his house when they're there. And I was like, oh, wow, that's, like a, that's a cool way to pick up some little thing from the first one that seemed largely insignificant mm-hmm. that and build around. on it yeah yeah really cool and this i mean and he's just such an important character to exe and like the i love the like to to take you on that emotional roller coaster throughout the movie like i love that <laughs> scene where they're exe and um what's her name tilde yeah are are at the are at home and she's like prepared like a meal and she wants him to sit down to practice dinner with, like, for for meeting her parents. And they do yeah. a little flashback of him with Harry learning how to eat, like, properly with, like, all the yeah. cutlery and stuff. And then, but the, when he looks away, like, it's so emotional. Yeah. When he looks away and then he looks at Mr., was it Mr. Pickle? Yes. I think it was Mr. Pickle. But he, like, he looks at, at the stuffed dog and he's like. And he gets he gets choked up and like I like I get choked up because like that's like you you know how much like for these two characters like how much like of a father figure this character is to him and yeah. how important that is and it's just it's just so cool to see that like I I love that they can do that but then in the same in that same movie they will they'll throw a like a a gangster into a meat grinder and make him into a hamburger like <laughs> like that. like you have this in the same movie <laughs> and then make his friend of the oh god. I was, I was so uncomfortable as he ate that hamburger. Even oh, though, it was the worst. Like, the sound effects, too. too. It's like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that is too much. But it was it, it's so cool. I, and, I, you know, the Harry character is great. And then, like, then they, we do callbacks again where they do the manners, make the man. And that was cool. At first, I was like, okay, there's only so many times you can rehash <laughs> the same exact scene. Right. But once I actually saw the scene, I was like, no, nope, you know what? I like that they did this again. That's a cool way to see, to show that he's a broken man. Yeah, I loved it. I just, when that, when when the glass goes over, like, I, you know something's, you, you think it's going to be exactly the same thing. As he locks the door, you just start to get this inkling something's not going to go right. And then when yeah. the glass goes over the guy's head, you're just like, <laughs> not good. <laughs> Plus, it was a cool way to debut whiskey kicking ass. Yeah, which was awesome. That was a great scene because, like, yeah. you're on his side at this point. You're just like, oh yeah, yeah this guy's a badass. Like, this is awesome. <coughs> it's a lot of fun. But then, uh, so <laughs> we get the whole from there. We get whiskey and Exy go to uh, go to the concert. The festival, yeah. The festival. Uh, that was I didn't see that coming. That was strange. But like all of it, or um, well, I didn't. The thing that I mentioned earlier. The thing you mentioned earlier, I didn't see that that being the case of. Well, I didn't realize that's where they were gonna go with it until obviously they pulled out the whole uh, the finger condom thing. Yeah. Right, which is which is kind of funny. But as as kind of like 
the the scene is perverse, but you also find out like exactly how much of a good guy Eggsy is, and like how like he is actually torn up about this, and you can see it like the car- the what's his name Taron Egerton. He does a great job in this movie. Yeah. And like I believe every emotion that he puts on his face in the movie. Yeah, and he's like, a pretty solid actor now. We've seen him in Two Kingsmen. Um, you were watching Eddie the Eagle in my house that one day. Yeah. Um, and we saw him in Legend too. Is that um, what's his name's weird? One of the brothers' lovers. Boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's great. But that uh. That, like I, I just like I felt so bad for it. I was like I, I understand like he's got to do this. I was like I hate that he has to do this, <laughs> but he does have to do this. <laughs> so messed up. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, as much as like you could see where the joke was going, I thought it was just gonna be left to a joke. I was right. pretty surprised that they went through to very nearly completion of that. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> well, well played. So. I'm going to jump ahead here for a second, though, because I, I, I'm going back to my checklist of people that have died in the movie. And um, I have Driver dies, no big deal. Roxy dies, big deal for Eggsy, but the way like that they did it and they just killed her off like without a second guess, no big deal. And then this girlfriend, the uh, girlfriend of, the, of Charlie, of the henchman, she dies. Oh, I was she up. gets killed real good, <laughs> along with everybody else in that building. Yeah, I was um, it's pretty scorched earth uh, attempted uh, cleaning up, right? Yeah, I was like, he's gonna is he gonna blow this place up? Yep. Yes, yes he is. He blew that place up. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're all dead now. <laughs> but but that was uh, and I was like, you know what, <laughs> this guy, I I just wanted to see like where I wanted the next fight because I knew the next fight was gonna be this revenge fight between him and Eggsy. <laughs> so when we get there it's it's a lot of fun. They do a, there's a lot of time and choreography spent on that, which is kind of fun to see. Yeah. Uh, when we when we get to Poppyland. And I don't I, I don't I wanna stop here unless you want to get on to anything before I get into John Denver. Um No, I don't think so. It's probably so, about that time. So we talk about how Merlin is the best character in the movie. Or I brought that up earlier. <laughs> and I, and, uh, I, yeah, I pretty much agree. I stand I by that. I appreciate Mark Strong. I appreciate him as Merlin. And if there's anything that makes that statement more real, it is the scene on Poppy's Island where he takes the landmine position away from Eggsy. It was Eggsy stepped on it, right? Yes. So Eggsy steps on the landmine. He freezes it pretends that there's going to be a plan in place for them to get away from it but really what he does is he bumps them off and he steps on the landmine and i'm like no 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 (laughs) at that point i was like i i know how they do things in this movie he's dead like (laughs) like he's going to die but i still didn't want it to happen like so badly and i'm like holding out hope for any little thing that might happen but knowing full well he's going to die and they do so he basically creates this distraction and when he starts singing and cutting down the branches, I like wanted to stand and clap. Like that's how I was. It was so good and it was so like, well done. Like stand and sing with him. Yeah, like just 
when he's like throwing his arms down and his head up as he as he like belts the tune and the first guy comes over yeah and he knocks him out with his head and just gets more people to come up to them and then just like the little look and then just blows everybody up i was just like that's so good but i will i want to watch that scene over and over again it was mm. Seconds to make that joke. Uh, that one hurts. Uh, it was too soon. I I love Merlin, and I, I experienced it much the same way. It's like, oh, clever Merlin. He's gonna freeze it. They're all gonna disperse, but it's gonna fuck up their entry plan. And oh my god, he stepped on the mine. No, <laughs> no Merlin, no. <laughs> it's devastating. And he starts singing, and it's like, oh no, this is such a this is such a fuck you to everyone. He sang like, himself off screen. <laughs> wrenching like because he looks like he's having the time of his life like he yeah. doesn't have a care of the world like he just gonna sing that goddamn song man like uh, and sing it well oh, oh yeah that is heartbreaking but it was also it's heartbreaking and it's also the best scene of the movie yeah I, and uh like i said just want to watch it over and over again yeah no i think you put it best gut-wrenching it was gut-wrenching oh yeah um then we get into poppy's world and uh, hang on a second a movie like this should not make you feel like that. No. <laughs> it has no right making you feel like that. I came in here for a good time not to feel. <laughs> this, is a, this is like, even though it's pretty smart, it's still kind of just a big dumb action movie. Like, yeah. You're not supposed to feel like that on this sort of movie. Oh my god, it's too much. Well, and then and then to take it to get you back into the, the lighthearted feel, we get we get way more Elton John than I. I if you, I don't, can anybody bet any amount of money that this is going to happen, this movie? Like, it was so ridiculous. Well, the thing is, the first couple scenes he was in there, outside of that one scene where he starts cursing at her, like, it was like, oh, like, it's Elton John, like, it's funny, whatever, like, right. no big deal. No, he stole the show. Absolutely. It's the, when you see the scene where he's cursing at her, you mean when he's number four, the one that's, like, Yes, when cured? he's frozen and they give him the antidote. Oh, my God, that was too funny. It was funny, but it was still like it was just kind of rage, and this is that like that's that. Like, no, everything that happens once they invade Poppyland with Elton John was gold. Right, and then the, the he's wearing the gigantic like peacock suit. Yep, yep. And the flying kick. Oh with my the god! Subtle pause, glance past the fourth wall, <laughs> wink at the camera, and then yep. <laughs> then kicks the guy in the face. He just killed it, and everything. The the and then after like in this series of of action sequences after and oh my god how is Harry gonna get out of this one this dog's about to rip his face off and then Elton John's face just slides into screen <laughs> and it says Elton John friend and the robot can't attack him it's too good and that that whole thing where he's like he's like dancing around him and yep. like using him as a prop as he's like beating the dog up from like either side oh, like it was so funny. And she's screaming at him, get out of the way, Elton! And what a good sport, too. Like, because he's, I mean, he's making fun of himself in, in the best way. Oh, he's right? pooing himself. And then what's insane is, what I absolutely loved is, not only did we get this crazy cameo, we also get one of the funnier callbacks, which is when Eggsy says, I gotta go save the world, and Tildy says, if you save the world, we can do it in the ass. <laughs> 
and then he says, "If I save the world, can I have backstage? Uh, if I save the world, can I get a was it a concert ticket or a ticket to uh, tickets to your next show?" And he says, "If you yeah. save the world, you can get a backstage pass." And I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I was just hysterical. Oh my goodness, that was so funny. Just what a Elton John, Sir Elton John. <laughs> also, how great is the fact that her dogs were named Benny and Jet? Yep. Yep. It's funny because um, I guess this weekend, um, the rest of my family went and saw. I went to see it with Dominic originally. I think he went with them again though. John was up for the weekend, like uh, I guess the four of them saw it, and um, my mom was like, "What were the names of the dogs?" I was like, "Benny and the Jet." She's like. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> She's like, I couldn't hear what they were saying. I was like, yeah, I missed it the first couple times too. And then they showed them sleeping in their little like dog houses. And I was like, I saw the nameplates over it. I was like, no, you fucking didn't. <laughs> too much. I got uh, I was just thinking about this. After, after the crazy fight sequence at the end of the movie. Yeah. Did they put whiskey in the meat grinder? Oh, they absolutely did. That, now, thinking back on that, a little too harsh for whiskey. <laughs> I'm not... It just seems crazy. Well, it ended up being one of those things where... I mean, obviously, I don't think they, they ever wanted to kill him, but he was a man so possessed of his conviction that no. he was never going to stop. That's true. And he had that fucking ridiculous whip, too, that was just like... That whip was him. crazy. I love that, that, would, that scene where that he cuts the legs off. Wonder Woman's whip look like child's play. Right. <laughs> Those some of those scenes with all that, like where he went to whip it and like kill one of them, and they leapt through the uh, lasso. That was great. <laughs> that was badass. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's like the really fun, crazy combat scene. Just like it's like right back in the beginning of the movie where you know the chase and the fight scene is over the top. This it's like super over the top, and like people getting frying pans thrown at their heads. Like it's crazy, oh. but it's so much fun. I, I'm trying to remember what happened to Charlie. Oh, Exit killed the shit out of him. I remember him getting him stuck up in the tree. Oh, he broke his neck. Right. Yes. Is that what happened? It was pretty visceral. Whatever he did to him. Yeah, he has him on the on the ground with one hand he, behind he his back. He activates his arm. Or, no, he had, he had the control panel that controlled the arm, right? Yeah, basically he got him to get rid of the arm, and then he put one arm behind his back and he fought him, and then when he was on top of him, he snapped his neck. Yeah. And it was for Roxy, I think, was that one? Like, when he says it, and then he rips his neck open, basically. I think at some point he oh, said all of right? He does say all Africa. Oh, it was for, I think it was for Merlin, maybe, that he killed yeah. him. Yeah. Like, at the very, like, the last line, like, right before he does it. Yeah, that was... Yeah, I, think, I think he's, like, punching him. He's like, that's for Roxy, that's... Yeah. Oh, that was good too. That now, oh, that was a great scene too. Oh, love it. This movie's so much fun. I actually that first that that scene where they actually get inside and we saw little bits of it in the trailer, but that whole thing with the the, the suitcase that was a rocket launcher and a machine gun and, it, and each of them, you know, he had the umbrella and he had the suitcase. Mm-hmm. That was cool. The way they choreographed that whole sequence of the fight. Yeah. Even though they're mostly fighting henchmen. Because they were still against pretty rough odds with guys with like rocket launchers right. and like snipers and shit like that. That was a cool fight segment. Like I, I, I you know, even though it was just them mostly getting henchmen, even though they were like well trained henchmen in this case, so like 
they pose an actual threat. They did some cool stuff with that where the thing turns into this whole thing, this whole sheet of armor and this and that. Mm-hmm. That was cool. I was excited to see where the suitcase was going to go when Merlin was like, I'm making you responsible for this. <laughs> but yeah. then he takes the, the crocodile <laughs> Dundee knife and I'm making me responsible for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, there's, I actually only have one other thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll hand it over to you. But the, the Har- Harry's trigger... Um, yes. That was a yeah, really... Yeah, I want to make sure we talked about that too before we're done. So. That was a really great scene. Yeah. And, and everything leading up to it too, like kind of the frustration where it's like, we kind of know how this is going to work, but also we basically have no idea how this is going to work. Yeah. But what what's cool though to me is that I, I think what... So the, before, before that scene, the last time that Eggsy is in the room with him... Yeah. He calls him Eggy. Yeah. And he hasn't re-mentioned his name to him yet, and he hasn't said his name since. Well, there's a couple of things. It could have just been good recall. Right. Because he did say it, I think. But, like you're saying, it seems to more show a crack in him trying to find himself. There's also, I don't know if you caught it, the voice, his voice changes at one point, too. Yeah. There's one segment where he still, quote-unquote, doesn't remember who he is, but his voice changes from the voice that he has when they first find him yeah. to back to his original Harry voice. And I want to believe that that's the, like, that was there on purpose, like, to let you know, like, he's in there. Like, give it time. Oh, no, it was 100% yeah. on purpose. That was not an accidental yeah. thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, like you're saying, that the, the slip where he calls him Eggy or Eggsy or whatever... And then there's that also that thing where his his voice changes and it's like that's what allows Eggsy to keep after it to mm-hmm. keep trying to find what's going to do it for him. Yeah. Because those those both of those slips I think show well, that it's there somewhere. I, I will say at one point when he at the point where he said Eggy, I was actually curious if he was faking it for whatever reason. Oh, uh, you and, wonder if he was faking it uh, just as like a, I'm tired and I don't want to do this. Anymore. No, like. Like he was trying to gather intel on the statesman. Like I like maybe like a deeper rooted. Oh, so kind of like he was playing possum. Yeah, but that wasn't obviously didn't end up being the case. But I I thought that that could be for a minute there when that came out. Like I thought it almost yeah. like it was like a hint to him. Like I'm good. Like just <laughs> let me do my thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? which would I mean that would have been cool too. They could have went a hundred ways with that, but um, it was it was that that trigger scene is super intense where he's got the dog. Yeah, I liked how they did that, though, because it was an important... You can see how important that was to him when he talks about it in the first one, right? About yep. what he says, you know, oh, so you shot your dog? He goes, yes, I shot my dog. And then I took him home and cared for him for the next 15 years before he died of pancreatitis. Yeah. Like, you could see how important that was to him. So, to see that, and then actually get the actual flashback of him as a young man doing it and realizing that the dog survives... I liked how that whole thing came together with all that. Yeah. That was really well done. Uh, I just love this movie. I can't wait to see it again. Yeah, it's definitely one that, like, I mean, I wasn't going to go back and see it in the, the theater again, but I'm looking forward to when it makes it on HBO or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I just got to see it for the first time. I didn't even get to see the whole thing, but I saw a third, 50% of uh, John Wick Chapter 2 last night. That was the nice. first time I seen it since it was in the theater. 
It's like, yep, yeah, this this movie kicks all sorts of ass. <laughs> awesome. Um, it's funny we didn't really talk. Actually, I don't think we mentioned either of them, um, Jeff Bridges or Halle Berry in this movie. Yeah, I was uh, part. It was also part of the reason why I was upset when Merlin died because I was like, oh, I want those two to get together. <laughs> <laughs> They did have kind of a funny little like nerd out thing. Yeah, that was really that was cool. I also she's not an actual agent and her, she's ginger ale. She doesn't get an alcohol. So great. Yep. That that's just so clever, and I, I I it does seem that it's a lot of setup for her just to be in the next one. Well, the bigger setup is it seems that Channing Tatum's gonna have a big role in the next one or be the lead, which was odd. Well, Eggsy's still around. I, well, I don't know if like how that what like direction they're going to go with it. Like, are they going to make it like a buddy cop movie? Like, I don't. I mean, there. It seems like the two of them could have some fun together. Uh, yeah, sure, and I'd be fine with that. I just don't. I don't know what the intention is, and I don't know if they do either. But I think, in their own way, they could even possibly have more fun than Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, which admittedly was such an odd yeah. selling point originally. Be, what a great pair up. <laughs> and the two of them, like I was like, that's the stupidest pairing I've ever heard of, and they were great in the Jump Street movies. Yeah, I but do. I could see Taron Edgerton and and uh, Channing Tatum having fun in a movie for sure, as like a buddy cop type of thing. It could be that could be a really cool way to go with it. That'd be fun. I mean, whatever it is, I'll see it. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, uh, as, long, as long as as long as it's got. Matt Vaughn in charge, and it's got Taron Edgerton and Colin Firth doing it. Especially with Mark Strong gone now, like... Let's figure out a way to bring him back. I don't care. <laughs> no, if they're going to bring someone back, it's going to be Roxy, and that makes more sense. Yeah, maybe they uploaded his consciousness into a computer. If he comes <laughs> back as a computer, I'm okay with it. <laughs> wow. I just want him back. <laughs> I know, but that one seemed pretty final. And after bringing back Harry, I don't think you can bring him back. No, you can't. Especially because it was the shock factor with Harry as opposed to Merlin clearly making that choice to sacrifice himself. Yeah. It feels more final since he kind of made peace with his life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, oh, that was actually another thing. He had mentioned, uh, he's like, your father did the same for us. So Merlin was in the field for that? Yeah, yeah. Um, In that first theme of the first movie, it's Colin Firth, Mark Strong, Admiral James Norrington, and... um, (laughs) Oh, God. And uh, Eggsy's father, the four of them in that room. Okay, cool. So I, I I was actually really liked the end scene where uh, Ginger Ale puts her hat in the ring, and they, uh, you know, it's, 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 un, it's unanimous. Like they're like, yeah, <laughs> you're a new field agent. It was a little weird. It kind of seemed off type that what's his name was the only one who was not allowing her to be in. He was overprotective of her. I guess so. But it almost seemed malicious in the way it turned out with him, like, betraying them all. Like, it almost seemed like they were kind of setting that up to be a storyline where, like, he was, like, planning this out all along. Right. And that he was trying to screw her over, you know what I mean? But I guess that wasn't what it was. I don't know. For some reason, that didn't, like, seem to mesh for me. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. It was a little. It, it can be a little odd if you if you start to to deconstruct it. Yeah. But whatever, she ends up getting what she wanted at the end. So yeah. I'll be curious to see if she is in the next one or not. I imagine she would be the new Merlin character. Well, maybe, but she was. You still need the guy in the chair. You do, but she's no longer the guy in the chair now. She's. Oh, uh, it's true. She's an agent. Yeah, it's a good point. But maybe we'll get some weird. Maybe Roxy will come back, and we'll get some weird buddy buddy. <laughs> like like two duos. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know. We'll have to see. We are going to need a new man in the chair, unless Colin Firth. Harry decides. Too old for the shit. Too old for the shit. (laughs) Just to bring it like (laughs) full circle on the buddy cop comedy. Yeah. (laughs) Also, just another random like side thought. I remember I was like, you know, me and Donald were in the theater, and I was like, they get to this wedding at the end where he's marrying Tildy, and I'm like. There's no one going to mention how his fucking mother and sister aren't in this movie at all. And then they are there in the final scene. He's like, oh, oh, okay, they're there. There we go. Okay. Found right. them. <laughs> Last little string. There it is. But it was a little weird that, like, we didn't even hear about them. Like, he didn't even, like, have, like, a one-off line about, I wonder how mom's doing or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Or, or, like, when the thing happened with Tildy, like, him calling his mom and being like, hey, this is fucked up. She just broke up with me and I didn't. I'm just doing my job in something or other. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, it didn't bother me, but I see what you're saying. Well, it didn't bother me so much once they had her at the end. I just thought it was weird because she was... Not that she was in the first movie that much, but she was important because she was important to him. Right. And with him losing That's Merlin... Yeah. I mean, admittedly, he got Harry back, but with him losing Merlin and losing Roxy and losing the Kingsman at large... You would have thought that the little bit that he had left would have been important to right. mention it. Yeah, and that was fine because she was there for two seconds at the end of the movie. <laughs> but like, it was like literally like they were showing the wedding. I was like, it's a little weird that she hasn't been mentioned at all. Right. Oh, there she is. Okay, great. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. You got anything else you want to touch on? Um, I don't think so. Although I guess. As part of um, Flicks in the Six 2.0, as it were, um, should mention what next week's episode is going to be? Sure. Uh, we are going to be covering it next week for Halloween. <laughs> that was pretty good. It, it like vibrated and everything. No, that was a perfect like tremor to that. Like, yeah, no, I like so, yeah, so you guys, uh, now that you've listened, um, if you haven't seen it for some reason and you were planning on seeing it, See, oh, see, next... see, that's the benefit of this. Yeah, we can we can get you get you ahead of the game. Get you prepared. I like it. All right. Well, that's it for this week's Flicks in the Six. Check out SpinTune.com each week for new content. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, cheers.